You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. God calls us to go and make disciples of all nations. Learn more in this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, we are actually ending our series, our series on Authentic. My name is Pastor Ariel Marquez, and how are you doing this evening? Great. As we uh, end this particular series, uh, this is basically a journey on the book of Romans. So, as we end our series, uh, how many of you are Christians? Please raise your hand if you are a Filipino Christian. Filipino Christian, okay? Pinoy Christian. Or Christian lang Christian, if you are a foreigner, okay? Alright, so if you are a Filipino Christian, for example, uh, like uh, Manny, ganyan, okay? Uh, basically, what we've talked about, just to give us a short recap, uh, in the book of Romans, we uh, have studied that this is the magnum opus of the Apostle Paul and one of the greatest writings he had as an apostle. Of course, he wrote most of the epistles in the New Testament. Uh, he wrote about maybe two-thirds of the New Testament. And so Romans is one of the most important letters the Apostle Paul. Uh, as he was presenting that, he was basically also saying that there has to be a proof of the work of Christ in our lives. Thus, the title, Authentic. Everybody say, Authentic. How many of you would like to have a real friend? Are you a fake na friend? Right? We want real friendships. We want genuine friends. We want genuine people around us. We want authenticity, basically. But we ask ourselves, are we authentic Christians? Is the gospel of Jesus really working in and through our lives and expressing itself outside? So, we talked about Romans chapter 13 when we talked about the topic of submitting yourselves to the authority that God has given you. Now, how many of you are starting to submit to the authority of God? I mean, of, of uh, the civil authorities, okay? Obeying the traffic rules, okay? Throwing the trash in the trash can and not treating the EDSA as, or uh, Commerce Avenue as a big trash can, diba? Uh, basically, uh, praying for our government is part of that. And so we, we give respect. We submit ourselves not only to the civil government, but to every authority in our lives. Whether it's your boss in your office. How many of you have a boss or a supervisor? Please raise your hand. Okay. How many of you like that boss? Okay. Even if you don't like that boss, you pray for that boss. You still have to submit to the authority that God has placed over you. Because one day, everybody say one day, you will be the boss. Come on now. Look at the person beside you and tell that person, get ready. Get ready for promotion. Because if you are the boss, you want them to submit, of course, to your godly and righteous authority. Isn't that right? Okay? So that's the first thing that we talked about in this series. And then next, uh, after that, we talked about loving our neighbor. Let no debt remain outstanding except the debt of love. How many of you are full of love? Please raise your hand. You know, we're, we're to love our neighbors. We're to treat them with respect. We're to help other people. And so that is dovetailed into our message last week wherein we said we are to help the weak. That we are to build one another. That we are not to be a stumbling block for other people. How many of you know that? That we are to help... Uh, you know, build people and lift them up and bring them up so that they can mature in their faith. And us who are 
seemingly strong would also walk with them. And today, we're gonna talk about the world. So, palaki to, okay? So, we're looking at the world. As Christians, we have a responsibility to the world. To the world out there, to the people who don't know Jesus, to the people who are not yet believers or Christians. Now, how many of you know people who are like that? Not yet Christians, not unbelievers. How many of you still have friends like that? Lahat Christians na? Parang Parang perfect society na to, no? Okay, so I think and I believe that still, no, we, we have friends, we have people that we meet every day who are not yet believers or Christians, so we have a responsibility just like the Apostle Paul to them, okay? So I'd like to invite everyone to stand. We're going to be reading from the book of Romans chapter 15. We're going to turn to the book of Romans chapter 15. And then we're going to be reading from verse 14. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, and this include all the sisters here, okay, that you yourselves are full of goodness. Everybody say, full of goodness. Filled with all the knowledge and able to instruct one another. But on some points, I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given me by God. Everybody say, grace given me by God. Verse 16, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified, everybody say sanctified, by the Holy Spirit. Okay, In Christ Jesus, then I have reason to be proud of my work for God for I will not venture to speak of anything except that uh, what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus, I make it my ambition to what? Preach the gospel. Everybody say, preach the gospel. Let's say it again. Preach the gospel. Not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of Him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. Let's pray. Father, we thank You so much for this afternoon. We ask, God, that You would anoint the preaching of Your Word. We thank You that every time we hear the Gospel, faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. Father, we thank you that you will build the faith of everyone here tonight. And I thank you, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would enable us and would give us the boldness to open up our mouth, to share our story, to really give and share the love of God to other people. So, Lord, bless your people tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated with a smile on your face. Yan. Ang sarap mag-preach pagka nakita kayo mag-smile. Ginaganahan ako lalo. Mas lalo humahaba yung sermon. No, just kidding. We're looking at this word authentic. And our prayer as a church is that, you know, as a people of God, that we will actually translate whatever we learn here in our services. And as we go out there, that we will become salt and light of the world. Amen. That it is not enough for us to just come to church because, you know, I used to go to church when I was younger and I thought church was just an obligation. I thought church was kind of like going to the office and clicking your bandy clock, ching five o'clock, and then going out, ching 
at 6.30. And from 5 to 6.30, I'm a Christian. But the moment I step out of those doors, who cares? And how I live my life in the world and how I treat my wife and how I treat my kids and how I would treat my parents and how I would treat my boss or my, my professor or my classmates, it doesn't matter because I have already done my obligation in going to church. Now, how many of you know that that is not Christianity? Christianity is actually living the life of Jesus Christ 24-7. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, without any break. And I believe that it is not a struggle for us because it's, a, it, it's the, imp- the empowerment of the Spirit of God enabling us to live a life that is worthy of honor to our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know how many of you know that it is possible for us to live a holy life every single day? You know, it's, it's really about authenticity. And sometimes when you go out there, how do we look? I mean, how do we act? How do we live our lives? How do we translate what we've learned? You know, we've, we've gone through some series this year already. Meron time Biyang Semana Santa. And so there are a lot of things that we've learned from this church. And I hope that we don't just put them in our notebook or in our laptop or in our tablets. But I hope that we will translate that from this uh, notebook into our hearts, out of our lives. Authentic. You know, that really goes to show, you know, the proofs that we are indeed sons and daughters of God. You know, prove your repentance. Are we bearing the fruit of Jesus Christ in our lives? You know, Romans chapter 15 basically is a declaration of the testimony of the Apostle Paul, how God has called him as a minister of the gospel. You know, in Romans uh, 15, 15, it says, But on some points I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given me by God. And how many of you have received the grace of God in your life? You know, the grace of God is present in our lives. I remember hearing a message one time by a preacher that says, Grace begins when our ability ends. And for... The first time, it seemed right to hear, grace begins when our ability ends. But in reality, the more I look at that particular statement, grace actually begins whether or not you have an ability. Even when you have an ability, grace is there. Because the fact that you have an ability, that means that the grace of God is working in our lives. Amen. So in reality, grace happens every single day in our life. Whether you're now a Christian or even before we were not Christians, the grace of God was there. The grace of God was simply there because up to now you're still alive. How many of you are still alive? Can you please check the pulse of your seat, may kumbuhay pa or spirit na lang. The fact that we woke up this morning is the grace of God. And can you imagine your life before? Can you imagine? We probably have wrecked our life before you know, we, we had an encounter with God. How we lived our life. It was merely the grace of God that took us to where we are right now. At that point of salvation. The Apostle Paul is actually giving a testimony of the amazing grace. The awesome grace. He could never overcome the fact that God's grace was with me. In fact, he was not seeking God. He was on his way to Damascus in Acts chapter 9. And he was about to kill Christians. Can you imagine? The Apostle Paul used to be known as Saul, and he was on his way to kill Christians. In fact, in modern-day terms, he would probably qualify to become a terrorist. 
baka siya yung founder ng ISIS dati. Parang ganun. You look at your Bible. That's who he was. He was actually one of those who killed the first martyr, Stephen, in Acts chapter 7. That was the biography or the profile of the Apostle Paul before he became an Apostle Paul. And he was recognizing because of the grace of God that He has given me, I became a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, to the very people that I am called to destroy. Yet now God has given me a, a mandate to reach out to them. Basically, my question for us this afternoon is, who are we? Ask the person beside you, who are you? Yeah, okay. Who are we? And why do we do what we're doing? And how do we do that? So it's who, it's a why, and it's a how. So first question is, who are we? First, we're ministers of the gospel. Tell the person beside you, you are a minister. And you probably heard this from this pulpit time and time again, that we believe that every member is a minister. Everyone who comes to church, I believe, has a role to play in the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter whether you're a banker or maybe you're a call center agent or maybe a baker or maybe an attorney or an accountant or a pastor like me. At the end of the day, we are all ministers. It just so happened that maybe you're receiving your salary from your company, but at the end of the day, you going out there by the grace of God. You have been sent by the Lord out there to reach a people that is unique to you that maybe some of the pastors cannot reach anymore because that is your oikos or your sphere of influence and they see you. They saw your life. The world is watching you. Somehow, there was a point in your life that you got saved. Now that we have the Lord, the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And to continue that particular Verse, it says, all this is from God. The very essence of our life, the very essence of our salvation, this is from God. Who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the what? The ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting man's sins or trespass against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Two things we see here. We have a ministry. And we have a message. The ministry is in us. God has entrusted you. The moment you became a Christian, the moment you say yes to Jesus, the moment you receive His amazing grace. And you're familiar with that song, right? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. The moment we receive the amazing saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, guess what? He entrusted to us the ministry of reconciliation. Yes, you may be a banker. Yes, you may be an investor or maybe a business person. Maybe you're a student. Maybe you're a housewife. But guess what? At the end of the day, you are a minister. Basically, it was not us who chose us. It was God who chose you. The Apostle Paul was not looking for God. It was God who found him. There was an impact in Acts chapter 9 when he was you know, riding his donkey. There was a huge you know, light and sound and boom! He fell off his horse. He was blind for three days and he said, Go to a man named Ananias. He will lay hands on you. And the rest was history. 
It was God who found him. We were never looking for God. God was the one who found us and chose us. Amen. The Bible says, many are cold, but few are frozen. Right? No, many are called, but few are chosen. God calls us, but those who respond, Y-E-S, yes. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Those are the people that were chosen. How many of you responded yes to God? Please raise your hand right now. Come on, give the Lord praise for that. God is the one who changes us. God was the one who called us. God is the one who called us to the ministry of reconciliation. Each of us, we have a message. In verse 20, it says, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making His appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Pastor Wayne Alcorn was here this morning. And you know, I just remember this particular story of what he shared this morning. One member of his church, seasoned lady, at the age of 60 plus, because he was always preaching about, you know, God wants to use us. And, you know, he was basically preaching the same message as we're preaching here. You know, God wants to use you. You are a minister. And, you know, God specifically gave you a gift and a talent to minister to others. And so this, you know, rather, you know, mature lady went to him one Sunday and told him, you know, I'm, I'm tired. Of course, he's got the Aussie accent. I might. I'm tired of listening to you telling us about what we can do to preach the gospel. What can I do? I, can, I, don't have, no, I have no talents. I cannot dance. I cannot preach. I cannot sing. You know, there's nothing I can do. I am already old. And so Pastor Wayne asked her, what do you do best? And Gwen, the older lady, said, I can make fruitcake. And she says, I can make the best fruitcake in town. And so Pastor Wayne said, that is going to be a tool for the gospel. And so Gwen told him, okay, the next time that somebody comes to church, maybe you in town, or maybe those who are having problems in the church, let me know about them, and I'm going to bake them a fruitcake. How I many of you know that sometimes fruitcakes can actually be an open door for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Come on now. And this is what happened. Every time there's a problem, you know, someone who's got a problem in the church, Pastor Wayne would call Gwen, okay, call this person, you know, he's going, she's going through some marital problems, and I want you to pray for her. What Gwen would do is, she would first bake a fruitcake, and, you know, after baking a fruitcake, she would take the fruitcake and knock on the door of that person, and when that person opens the door, she would offer the fruitcake. Would you like to have? A fruitcake. Nito parang, uh, hindi parang Cinderella, no? But, you know, with this, you know, I want to pray for you because I heard that you're going through some problems. I'm a member of the church. Can I pray for you? There were so many hundreds of people who were touched by the ministry of Gwen. That was 30 years ago. Pastor Wayne basically said, Gwen is still alive right now. He's about 90 plus years old. And this is what he said. I have preached thousands of messages. And I wonder if people still remember my message. But let me tell you this, hundreds will never forget about Gwen and her fruitcake because of the kindness of God through her and as she went out there to do her part in sharing the love of God to other people. Amen? Amen. Come on now. 
my question tonight, what is your talent? Ask the person beside you. What can you do? Sabi sa kanya, I can do cheesecake <laughs> or whatever. I don't know, whatever your talent is. You know, we have people in the church who are really talented. Professionals who can actually use your, their gift. Not only to earn a living, but use that gift to minister the gospel. You know, one of our leaders is Bodhi Cruz. And, you know, he's going to be doing the lead role of Joseph in a few weeks. You know, and, you know, I was talking to Pastor Saul earlier. And, you know, Saul's son, Nathan, this is going to be the launch of his career. <laughs> because he's going to be like the small Joseph, okay? And so... You know, people like them are using their talents and their gifts to be able to proclaim the gospel. What can we do to be able to share the love of God to others? Now, why do we minister? Why are we compelled to go out there and minister the gospel? Is it because we want more acceptance or favor from God? Is it because when we share the gospel, God blesses us? No, we're already blessed. We are already filled with favor. God already granted us favor. Amen. But what we're doing is we are merely offering our bodies to God. We're offering these people back to Him. Chapter 15, 16b, it says, So that the offering, everybody say offering, offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. You know, there are two schools of thought here. One is, you know, the Apostle Paul is merely offering the Gentiles as an offering back to God. And the other school of thought here is the Gentile responding to the gospel, basically living their life sanctified by the Holy Spirit, is a, an offering unto the Lord. There are two kinds of offerings in the Old Testament, basically. One is a burnt offering. How many of you are familiar with burnt offerings? Pagsunog yung luto ng misis sa umaga, burnt offering tawag. Anyway, just, just kidding. Pagsunog yung bacon, okay? Sometimes I call it, it's a sweet aroma to the nostrils of God. And the other kind of offering is a thank offering. You know, the burnt offering is basically, you know, one that is like a lamb. And we know that an offering has been made 2,000 years ago in the person of Jesus Christ. When He offered His life, we were singing that song, you know, it is finished. What He has done is already done. And that offering is complete. It's a perfect sacrifice. But the other kind of offering is that we can actually offer to God daily. Everybody say daily. A daily offering of thanksgiving. That as we live our lives, as we say, God, thank you so much that I am not the same again. That I am a new person. That I am no longer in bondage to sin. But I am now, you know, receiving this grace from you. And as you do that, basically what you're doing is you're just responding to the call of God in our lives. How do we minister? Preach the gospel. Everybody say, preach the gospel. Now I understand. You might say, Pastor, I'm not a preacher. You know, how can I preach? You know, I'm, I'm not like you, or I'm not like Pastor Sonny, I'm not like Pastor Jonathan. You know, you guys can preach, but what about us? What about me? Now, how, let me ask you this. How many of you have a story to tell? How many of you were touched by the gospel of Jesus? Please raise your hand. How many of you were changed by the gospel of Jesus? Please raise your hand. People would like to hear that story of yours. Amen. All you've got to do is to open up your mouth and tell them the story of your life. 
the story of my life. Ano yun? Biglang kumantay, no? Ayos, eh, no? One direction daw, no? Ngayon, two directions na sila. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Romans 15, 18-19 says, For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the gospel to obedience. How? By word and deed. By the power of the signs and wonders and by the power of the Spirit of God. The Apostle Paul said, by word and deed. By word and deed, we actually see a picture of this by having us, how many of you have seen a seesaw before? How many of you actually used a seesaw? How many of you know the seesaw can cut? But how many of you tried using a seesaw with only one side? And the other is not there. Mahirap yun, di ba? You know, you're, you're gonna use it like an, a nail. You know, we, we preach the gospel through our words and through our deeds. You know, St. Francis of Assisi basically said one time, preach the gospel at all times. And when necessary, use words. What he was saying is, just live your life. Just be a good, you know, Christian. Just show the world that you are changed by the power of God. And if there is an open door, use words. But how many of you know that the gospel is actually more words than deeds? You know, we see a, a, an emphasis of the Apostle Paul that even in this particular passage that we've read, he was talking about preaching the, preaching the gospel. It's about words. Words are important. You know, no one can be saved without the words. You know, maybe you're a Christian uh, employee in your office and you're the only Christian in your office. You can actually be the best employee there. You can come to the office every time, you know, even earlier than 8 o'clock. You can be the most excellent there. You can actually meet your quota all the time. You can be the kindest person in your group. You can actually pray for people. But unless you open your mouth and share the gospel, no one in your office will get saved. We have to open our mouth. No matter how ready we are to receive the gospel, unless someone will share the gospel, no one will be able to turn to God. That's the reality. How can they hear with no one preaching to them? Romans chapter 10 says, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Amen. How many of you would like to be uh, a bearer of good news? Please raise your hand. In bad news. Diba? Karaniwan, bad news yung sinasabi natin sa mga tao. Alam mo ba? Si ganito, grabe ginawa niyan. Manluloko yan. You know, many times we actually bring bad news. We're bearers of bad news to people. But I believe God wants us to become bearers of good news. And good news basically is the gospel. Gospel means good news. Let's examine the Apostle Paul when he was writing in the book of Romans chapter 15. He said, verse 19, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. This is the word, not just deeds. Gospel requires the word. Verse 20, I make it my ambition to what? To preach. When you preach, you use what? Words. You cannot preach by dance. Or maybe interpret, you know. I don't know. But you gotta have words. Verse 21a says, Those who have never been what? Told of Him. 
When you tell something to somebody, what do you do? What do you use? Your tongue, words. Those who have never heard will understand. In order for you to hear, someone has got to speak the word. It is important. You know, one of our staff, uh, Merle Jose, uh, she's actually the, uh, the one who's in charge of our kids' church, the, the, the lower grades. And um, we received news that her father passed away last Thursday. And we, I visited her last, uh, yesterday. I think uh, the dad was cremated this morning. But anyway, as I was asking her how, how's the family, she was just basically sharing her story that, you know, one praise report that her dad, Thursday morning, she preached the gospel to him. She prayed a prayer of salvation for him. And the dad received the gospel of Jesus Christ in his heart. Thursday afternoon, the dad passed away. Can you imagine the timing of God in that person's life, in Mr. Jose? Merle lived with her dad for many years. They knew she was a Christian. She was the kindness among the siblings. She treated her mom and dad with respect. She actually gave generously to the family, built their home, and did what is right. She was declaring, she's a, but unless she preached the gospel to her father, he will not be saved. Someone has got to preach the gospel. It is not enough for us to show we're good people. Amen? It is not for us to show that we are good people called by God. You know, we're Christians. Yeah, that's fine. We need that. We need to be salt and light of the earth. But we've got to learn how to open up our mouth and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Tell the person beside you and tell the person, go and preach. Go and preach. Come on now. And tell that person, you can do it. But pastor, I'm scared. How many of you sometimes feel fearful? You know, how can I preach the gospel to my employees or to my boss? Especially my boss. I don't want him to be saved. He doesn't deserve to get saved. Love your neighbor. So we want to be able to share the gospel. I have to pastor, I have to enroll in the Bible school, I have to go to the seminary. No, you don't have to. My question a while ago was, do you have a story? All you got to do is to share the story and lead them to Jesus. You know, in John chapter 9, it's amazing, an amazing story, a testimony of a blind man who was born blind and who had an encounter with Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus, basically, what he did was he spit on the, Remember that story? Spat. Made uh, a patty from the mud. How many of you would like to use that kind of healing? Whack to healing. Whack to. And then you get mud. That's exactly what Jesus did. He put the mud on the ice. And voila, that person was healed. So he was called upon by the Pharisees and by the Sanhedrin. And, he was, and they were actually grilling him. Kind of like a Senate committee hearing. You know, who is this Jesus who healed you? Can you explain exactly what is the theological you know, uh, explanation of what this has happened to you? You know, the blind man was clueless about I, I don't know. One thing I know is I woke up this morning, I was blind. I had an encounter with Jesus. He put mud in my eyes. I was born blind. But guess what? Today I can see. How can you explain that? That is your story. Your story is 
is your unique contribution to the gospel. Amen? Come on now. You have a story to tell. We have a story to tell. Pastor, I don't have that kind of a story. I'm not that bad, you know. I, w- I, w- I wish I was a drug addict before, or maybe I was a murderer, or maybe I was an adulterer. You know, how I wish. You don't have to have that story. Sometimes in our testimony, we glorify the devil more than we glorify God. You know, before I actually, I, uh, I con people, you know. And I kill. And I'm an adulterer. And I'm a fornicator. And you're just making up. You don't have to do that. If there's no struggle in the past, you know, like in my case, I grew up as a religious boy. As comparing myself with some other testimony, I said, it's not as powerful as the others who's got this long list of bondages. But guess what? That story is your unique contribution to the gospel. That's who you are. Sometimes, even as a religious person, the more religious you are, the harder it is. To receive the gospel of Jesus in your heart because of pride. Because sometimes you would say, I don't need God. I go to church more than you. I pray the rosary more than you. And I give to the poor better than you. And sometimes the problem of religious people is they think they don't need God. But we know we need God more because of that particular state. And that is called pride. And that is my story. I don't have to invent, I don't have to be insecure and compare myself with another person, how I wish I was like that. But God can use you no matter what kind of background you've been in. That story is going to be valuable to another person's ear. Amen? Tell a person beside you, you have a story to tell. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Say, ah. Okay. In verse 19, it says, by the power of signs and wonders. And this is really what is still relevant in the 21st century. I believe that in the 21st century, signs and wonders and miracles are still valid today as it was in the 1st century. How many of you still believe in healing and miracles? Amen. I mean, some people say that, you know, the healings and the miracles would, uh, were actually stopped when the last apostle died. You know, but in reality, I've seen miracles and healing happen in my own eyes. Will God heal everybody? Maybe not. But it will not stop me from laying hands on the sick because the Bible says in Mark chapter 16, those who believe, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You know, one uh, friend of mine who was uh, who's actually a member of our Victory Fort, she's in a full-time ministry. Yesterday, we were having a, a building banquet right here in this place with some people, and uh, she is the head of the partnership uh, development program. Her name is Cricket Abelio. This is her picture. And um, when she was a young Christian, even before she attended Victory, she used to go and uh, join some outreaches when she was a younger uh, teenager. And she even gave a picture uh, of what she uh, was uh, when she was still studying in La Salle. And so that was my picture then. You know, I was a young uh, teenager and, you know, I was kind of bold before. And so I would join outreaches. And so they were ministering in, uh, with the kids one time in uh, the Membo uh, part of the gig. And so as they were ministering to these young children, there, was, uh, some, there were some old people that were watching them. And uh, she actually approached uh, uh, an older lady with a lump 
uh, on her uh, belly, and basically the old lady was asking for prayer from her. And the old lady was saying, can you pray for me? I have, actually, I have cancer. And so Cricket said, I don't know how to pray for cancer. But she took a step of faith and said, well, if the Bible says go and lay hands on the sick, they will recover, might as well just believe that. And so what he did was she, she prayed a very simple prayer, Lord, heal this lady from her sickness in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you, that is a simple prayer. How many of you can do that? It's not you who will heal. Let me just remind you that. It's the Spirit of God who will heal through you. And what happened during that time is, you know, she went home, she went with the team home, and the next week when they came back, because I think it was like a several-week outreach, so when she went back to the same uh, venue, there's a long line of people waiting for her. <laughs> Apparently, this old lady was spreading the word that I was prayed for by this young girl, and last week her tummy was big, and during that week, it subsided and the cancer was gone. Amazing story, amen? Come on, give the Lord praise. And I believe that you do not have to be in the full-time ministry and have a calling card of a pastor, a bishop, an apostle, or a prophet, or an evangelist to be able to lay hands on the sick to recover. If you are a believer, which is whom most of us or who all of us are right now. How many of you are believers? Not believers, sorry, believers. You can lay hands on the sick. All you got to do is to step out in faith and say, God, I'm on the edge. And as I lay hands on the sick, I'm trusting the Holy Spirit, the power of the Spirit of God, amen, to move through me. And signs and wonders will follow the preaching of your word. I believe if you have a basic knowledge of what the gospel is, that is already powerful. God will use you. And God wants to use you because you are called. Once again, tell the person beside you, you are called. We are called. We are called to minister. Okay, Pastor Rice Brooks in his uh, book, God's Not Dead, gave a definition, a succinct definition of the gospel. Can we read this out loud altogether? The gospel is the good news that God became man in Jesus Christ. He lived the life we should have lived and died a death we should have died in our place. Three days later, He rose from the dead, proving He is the Son of God and offering the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins to anyone who repents and believes in Him. That is the gospel. The amazing grace. You don't work for it. You receive the good news because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. The gospel is easy and not complicated. Sometimes we try to complicate the gospel by adding to it. Don't make it hard for people to understand. Just share your testimony and your story and tell them, it was Jesus who changed me. I was lost. I was found now. I was blind before. Now I can see. Amen? That is the story. My main point as I close is authentic believers take the responsibility of preaching the gospel to the lost. Basically, this gives you a really a, you know a, an authenticity of who you are. That if you're a true believer, you won't be 
having double takes in your, in your uh, you know, move with God in, in the area of sharing the gospel. And my prayer today, as we prepare to close, is that all of us would really take this seriously. There are people that we know who don't know Christ yet. And my prayer is that they will not leave this earth and slip into eternity without knowing that Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord. You know, we are in the midst of all this news by Fivox and uh, MMDA about the West Valley Fault. And sometimes it can actually bring a scare or a fear in the hearts of people. And somehow the Fivox is taking its role seriously in warning the people of the big one. They're forecasting that, you know, in the next 50 years that the big one, the big earthquake or the big shift in the tectonic plagues will happen and it'll cause massive deaths in the people of the city of Metro Manila. But I believe that, yes, we can actually, you know, we can pray for that. Nobody knows if that will happen in our lifetime. But one thing is certain also, that there is another big one coming, and that is the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is certain, amen? That is the big one that we ought to be preparing for. He is coming back one day, and my prayer is that, you know, our friends and our loved ones and our relatives would be found saved in His glorious appearing. When that time comes, amen. And we have a mandate. I believe that God wants to use every one of us. And my prayer is that God will give us the wisdom, God will give us the strategy, and God will help us to overcome any fear of inadequacy or maybe feeling, uh, you know, uh, rejected. It's okay to be rejected. It's not you they're rejecting. They're rejecting the Son of God. But guess what? When you are rejected, go and try again. The Bible says, He who insults his wife, a righteous man may fall seven times, but he rises again. Don't ever give up on the people that you love. It is our responsibility to share this good news. You know, can you imagine this? If one day, the Department of Health will announce there is actually a healing for cancer, wouldn't you share the good news and spread a word how this cancer can be healed or the people that you love who are sick of cancer? One that is better than a cure for cancer has already been given to us. And that is called the gospel. The gospel that changes us from the inside out. And I believe we have a stewardship. Amen. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, I want to end here. I want to call the music team here on stage. In Romans 1, 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Can we read this out loud all together? For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for the calling that you have given each and every one of us. It is not just a, an exclusive call to the Apostle Paul when you called him to minister to the Gentiles, but every one of us as believers has been given the task to share the gospel to our loved ones, to our friends, to our neighbors, to spread the good news that there is indeed hope for us who are deep in sin, 
Father, we thank you that even tonight, I thank you that you will assure us, Lord God, uh, of the, Lord, just of the call of God in our lives. Can we just lay our hands on our heart right now? Everyone across this room, just lay your hand on your heart. Father God, we just lay our hands on our heart. Though we ask that you would change us from the inside out. Lord, take away this fear, God, this feeling of inadequacy. I pray, God, first of all, that you would impart to us a heart of compassion for lost people. Lord, in your word in Matthew 9, when Jesus saw the crowd, the Bible says his heart was filled with compassion because he saw them harassed like a sheep without a shepherd. Father, may we long for salvation for the people that we love, our family, our siblings, our parents, our our spouse, our loved ones, our children, the people that we work with. Father God, help us, Lord God, to overcome any fear Father, we thank you that there's going to be a stepping out and a stepping forward, Lord God, of every believer that is in this place. Father God, we thank you that we can do this because we were recipients of that amazing grace once. And Lord, we're tasked to share that faith and share that grace to other people as well. So Lord, enable your people even right now. Fill us afresh with the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody lift up up your hands right now. All across this room, lift up your hands. Father, we receive a fresh dose of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord God, that you will enable everybody, Lord God, to do signs and wonders and miracles after the preaching of your word. Father, we thank you, Lord God, even right now, that you will cause us, Lord God, to have a refreshing, Lord God, to have a time of encounter with you, Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh with your power. And I thank you, Lord God, that we will respond when the Spirit moves. May we not... Uh, Lord, be laid back, Lord God, but Lord, may we have a sense of urgency in opening up our mouth and preaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say, Amen. Amen. We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.